And open up your Bibles to the second psalm, psalm number two. At this point in our service, we participate in the Lord's Supper and communion. Thankfully, we live in a place where the knowledge of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection is fairly common. Jesus died on the cross. He lived the perfect life that we could not live and yet died an excruciating and humbling death. He endured the wrath of God for all of those who would believe. And yet he resurrected, saw life after the wrath of God. That reality, those facts about who Christ is and what he accomplished... Those only make sense when they are contrasted with other truths about Christ, his deity, his person, the the nature of who he is. And in Psalm 2, we're reminded of several things that help us as we remember and proclaim the Lord's death this morning. Several truths that I just want to draw your attention to about this One, this Jesus who was crucified for sinners, whom we remember this morning. Look at Psalm 2, starting in verse 1. Why do the nations rage and the peoples meditate or plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against Yahweh and against his anointed, saying, Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. The first thing we need to remember this morning is that Jesus, this anointed one, is one with God. He is one with God. Just notice, as the nations rage against God, as they plot, meditate, whisper in secret, and put together this vain strategy for how to cast off God's rule over them, they must do this against Yahweh, the Lord, the covenant-keeping God of Israel, and his anointed. This is because the anointed one, Jesus, is one with Yahweh. He is one with God. And so to cast off God's rule is also to cast off Christ's rule. This is vain, the psalmist says. We should also remember that this Messiah, anointed one, Christ, has been chosen by God to reign as king. Just notice in verse 4, the response of God to these vain strategies of men he who sits in the heavens laughs the lord mocks them what will happen is he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury when he says this when he reminds them of this singular fact as for me i have installed my king upon zion my holy mountain If you were in equipping hour this morning, this is what Scott reminded us of, that God has fixed a time by his own authority. He reminded his disciples of this in Acts chapter 1. He has fixed a time by his own authority 
when the kingdom would finally be restored to Israel. This is that time spoken of in Psalm 2 that he is determined when he finally definitively installs his king on his holy mountain. This is Zion where Jerusalem is. So not only is Jesus one with God, but he is the chosen king, the one who has been chosen by God to reign over the kingdom. And one final fact is that he is also worthy of worship. This one, according to verse 7, who is not only the king, Christ, anointed one, he is a son possessing an equal nature, a similarly unique nature to the father. This is why he's called the son, like father, like son. But this one, according to verse 11 and 12, is worthy of the same worship. Serve Yahweh, verse 11 says, with fear and rejoice, with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he become angry and you perish in the way. Serve, rejoice, kiss. These are all worship words. These acts of homage and allegiance, submission, are owed to Yahweh and his king, son, Christ. And this is to be done with fear and trembling because of who he is. The son, the one who possesses a just wrath that causes those on a perishing way to perish. And the psalm ends with a reminder that this wrath will soon be kindled. This wrath is coming for those who do not do homage, pay homage to the son and his father, God. But by contrast, how blessed are all those who take refuge in him. All those who take refuge in this Son, Christ, King, are blessed. And so for us this morning to remember that if you have taken refuge in Christ, if you have fleed the wrath to come and sought safety in Him by embracing who He is, believing what he has done in being crucified for sinners, absorbing the wrath of God in your place that you deserve, that it would have taken an eternity to exhaust on you, then this morning you should count yourself blessed. God says that you are blessed. And so as you take the cup, as you eat that cracker, you can remember the blessing that God has seen fit for you. All of us this morning may not embrace these truths. Maybe you don't walk the same path as those who are truly blessed. You don't walk the same path as the righteous, those who uh, Psalm 1 describes. And if that is you, if you have still persisted in your rebellion against God, then I want to urge you this morning to enter into the blessed way. Believe God. Submit to his Christ. Know the blessing that God has for those who receive his king. As the cup and juice come, come by, just let those pass. 
and just consider this morning what it would take, what sin it would take to relinquish finally and embrace this Christ. And so, believer, as you as you consider these truths and, and consider these truths about Christ, just take the cup and the, the bread on your own. I'll come back and pray for us. And those of you who do not yet trust Christ, you can do so now as those of us who believe partake in the Lord's Supper. So men, come, please serve us.